when COVID happened, not only did it humble me very much, but mm -hmm. it kind of woke me up and made me realize that I'm not essential like I thought I was. So it kind of like stopped my passion and determination yes. with modeling. I was more so in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of lost touch with that side of me, that creativity mm -hmm. side, that determined side, that passionate side of my modeling because I was just in survival mode. And so I did, I wrote it down. I prayed very, very hard about it. And I just kept thinking, what could I do to, to set myself apart from other people? And I knew it was doing things that people not necessarily could see what they couldn't see. So like doing the Postmates, I was actually like working on my runway walk during that time. Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women who are living their dreams and paving the path for the next generation. I'm Brenda Hernandez Jaimes, and this is Ellas. Hola, hola. This is your host, Brenda Hernandez Jaimes, and welcome again to Ellas for a bonus episode here with the fabulous, talented, and beautiful Bianca Mitsuku. You already know who she is. She <laughs> was one of the first Ellas who believed in me and in Ellas. And back in the beginning, when two years ago, she was on Ellas and she shared her inspiring story of being a model and really manifesting and going after her dreams, facing those obstacles and owning who she truly is, and then demonstrating to herself and everyone else that she deserves to be in these fashion spaces. And fast forward to now, and in that episode, if you heard, if you listen to the episode, and if you know, you're a new listener here, go back to episode eight. And she literally says, I asked her, Bianca, please let us know what can we expect from you? And she says, I want to walk in the runway of Savage Fenty. Well, she did it. She accomplished that dream. And to know that two years ago, she, she said that in, in a yes, she's done it. And I want to remind you that it's possible. When you say you're going to do things, you put in the work, you share it with others, you're open to those opportunities, it happens and Bianca is a true example of that. And I'm so proud. And I'm going to cry. Oh, thank I'm you. so proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That means so much to me. You have no idea. Thank you. And let's get right into it. Because I think okay. that we ended last conversation with so much hope of you walking in that runway. Yeah. Did it. So can you share with us the whole process yeah. of, you know, casting and, and then, you know, yeah. leading up to it? Yeah, well, I think uh, where we left off in, in our podcast interview the last time two years ago, I think I was at a point in my career where I was kind of like at a standstill. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I had been doing all this work for years and I was doing great things, but I felt like I needed more from, from this. And I yeah. felt like there was something, you know, missing. And then uh, one day my agent sat down with me and it was the first time I actually had a conversation with one of my agents that where it left me in tears because he kind of like, it was like, he became my coach in a sense. Yeah. He told me something that I needed to hear. He told me, cause you know, we always think we're giving a hundred percent, you know, yeah. we love, you know, we think, yeah, I'm giving it everything I have, but he sat me down. He goes, I'm going to be very honest with you. He goes, 
I think you think you're giving a hundred percent, but I would say you're probably only giving about 80. I mean, you know, he said 20% yeah. of it, there is missing. I literally just cried, like mm. just started bawling, crying. I didn't even have no words to say to him. I just cried. And he was in shock too, that I cried yeah. and I just was bawling, crying. And then I said, you're right. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. It really was settled in my heart when he said that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was something that I needed to do to dig deep inside of myself, you know, in my mind, like, what is it that I really, really want? There was a point where I just wanted to shoot with everybody. Yeah. And, and I think that not that those goals weren't attainable, but I just felt like I just wanted to shoot with everybody just to shoot with everybody, you know, with every Mm -hmm. client. But I really had to sit down with myself and really make plans and goals and and bigger dreams. Like Mm -hmm. he, he told me what is a goal of yours? And I've never really put anything big on that list because I was like, well, I don't know if that's attainable. I would always put like consistency clients, things like that, like things to just kind of keep me afloat. But he was like, no, you need to want bigger things. So Vogue and L and like fashion shows and stuff like that, because I've always been afraid of fashion shows. This was my first fashion show ever. Yes. And so, because I've very much so stayed away from them, they were my biggest fear. They didn't want no, nothing to do with it. I, why? I don't know. I think there was just a fear. I think I had a fear of like being that model that like fell, you know, that didn't Mm -hmm. know how to walk and like all these things. And I said, you know what? No. And when I saw the Savage Fenty um, first started doing the fashion shows, I was like, wow, because I knew it was something different. It was something, Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily like a runway walk, but it was like an art. It was a creation. It was something, it was like a movie, like a play. And I wanted to be a part of that. So I said, okay, I think I could start there, you know, Mm -hmm. even though it's a big, a big client, but you know, I think I, cause I love to be artistic in that way. And so I literally told myself like, okay, I'm going to just try for that. And then we'll see what happens. So two years later, my agent called me and told me that I was on hold for that show. Cause I think we were discussing something around those dates for another client for like mm-hmm. a shoot. And he was like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but you're, you are on hold for, for Savage X Fenty. And I was like, oh my God, like, oh my God, oh my God. And I just remember praying so hard for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, and I literally did not tell anybody. Mm-hmm. I kept it a secret because I feel like a lot of times when we share things with people, they, they put their energy yeah, on it. Into it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like their intentions are good, but sometimes like even, and I do it too. I just protect it in a sense until I'm ready to, you know, personally release it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I happened to be in Baltimore shooting with Under Armour when they were doing the castings for it. So I was like, oh my God, like I missed my opportunity Mm -hmm. to go there, you know, in person or whatever the case may be. And my agent called me and he said, I was on my fitting because we had to do a fitting for Under Armour all the way in Baltimore. He said, I need Savage needs a, a runway walk video right now. And I'm like, I'm at my fitting, like, you know, and then he's like, well, we need, you know, you need to make it work. You need to get it done. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So luckily I had just finished the fitting, but my agent told me you need heels. And I just, for some reason, that <laughs> trip, I did not bring heels. Oh. I usually will bring heel casting essentials if I needed to send a video or whatever the case is. That trip, because it was Under Armour, it was strictly mm-hmm. like athleisure wear, athletic wear. Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, it's going to be a chill trip. Don't need to be anything dramatic. So I just didn't pack them. I don't know what I was thinking, but I didn't pack them. So that sent me on a journey to different stores to find the high, because they didn't want a little heel. They wanted a really high heel. 
So I sent me on a journey to find, you know, lots of heels. Yeah. And I stumbled upon a pair of Jessica Simpson heels. Bless you, sister. <laughs> she, saved, she saved the day. So I raced back home in the Uber as fast as I could, cleared my hotel room, moved the bed, like cleared because I was because I had to do it in lingerie. So I wasn't going to mm. do it in the hallway, you know. So I was like, OK, I got to figure this out in my room. And I propped my phone up on like a trash recycle bin, yes. propped it up. And then I did the runway walk as best as I could. I did it a few times and I remember I didn't like it. I was just like, oh, it looks bad. It looks mm-hmm. bad. So then I did it one more time. I said, okay, like, I told myself, you got one more chance and mm-hmm. this is it. Cause I, at that point I had been exhausted and then I was, you know, cause I kept doing, I think I did it over like 30 times and then my feet were hurting. It was crazy. So I was like, this is the last one, give it your all. So then I, I did it and then I was like, okay, I was like mm, a little bit happy with it. I was like, okay, this is doable. Like, you know, prayed on it since my agent. And then he let me know that I got confirmed for a fitting. And okay. so it was going to be the day that I flew back from my shoot. So, you know, they organized it for where, so when I land, mm-hmm. I had to go straight to the fitting. But also in that process, Rihanna was very strict about the COVID protocols and stuff yeah. like that. So she had a whole, there was a whole setup of, you know, COVID testing and everything outside um, before you could even enter the building. And so I had to do two COVID tests. And so that was dreadful because, you know, you're just like, ah, like what like, if I you know, have it? You know, or yeah, yeah. Or you're like, what if I get a false it? positive? Yeah, because yeah. there was a few girls getting false positives. So it was very scary. So I, you know, sitting there waiting. So once I got that clearance, when I got my negative COVID test results, I did the fitting and trying on like two different pieces. Mm-hmm. The first look they didn't, they liked, but they were like, eh. And then the second look, they were like, okay, yes, we like this look. And at that point, I was kind of like, not sure still if I got it. I was still like, oh my God. And I just remember thinking, okay, it's okay. You know, just don't, I didn't want to, I don't know. I'm not a person that's kind of like, yeah, I got it. Like, I'm, I just, I'm very, very like, protect this energy. Don't, not that I don't want to be so confident in myself, but I'm very just like, be humble you know, just whatever happens, happens kind of person, you know? Yeah, you gave so, it your all at that moment. Yeah, I gave it my all. And I was like, it's it's not in my hands anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just let it go. So I'm driving home and then my agent calls me and he's like, you got it. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my God. but even, I know, but even then I started crying, but even then I still was like, I don't have it yet. <laughs> it was like, Until in my I mind, don't walk out the yeah. Like, I don't have- yeah, so basically, you know, I still didn't feel like I had it till the show actually came out mm-hmm. I remember feeling so much anxiety like until it actually came out because I didn't know what was going to come out I didn't know how it was going to look was I even going to be a part of it mm-hmm. you know things like that but that's basically what the process was like as far as like castings and stuff and then did one day rehearsal and then we shot it the following day but it was fairly easy okay. my scene was primarily just actually walking mm-hmm. which I was nervous about but I said you know what whatever it is what it is let's just do it because that was my biggest fear but we did it. So <laughs> and then what's your biggest fear? You said that, you know, you stayed away from runway because you were afraid to be that model that would fall. Yeah. Wow. What was your mind going through in that moment of you doing that runway? And did you feel empowered? Did you were focused? What what was going on? Before we filmed the show, the owners of natural models called me and I've known them for over 11 years. You know, at this point, they're my family, you know, I love them so much. And so they called me because they knew how big this was too. And so they were like, they couldn't believe it. Like when they found out, because they hear things kind of like secondhand, Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're the owners. And then like, so the agents told them, oh, Bianca, book this. And they're like, oh my God. And they FaceTime me, Katie and Bradford, who are the owners of Natural. 
and they just kind of, kind of gave me a pep talk. And then, you know, they told me, be that girl from Oxnard, California and rep yourself and mm-hmm. just don't even like, don't think about it. Just do it. And I was like, okay, okay. They're like, just do it for every, you know, everything that you've worked mm-hmm. for, just, you know, release it there. And I was just like, okay, okay. So that was kind of like my mindset going into it. Like, you know, that I was going to rep for everybody mm-hmm. in Oxnard and in my family and, you know, everybody that I love and, you know, just everything. So that was my mindset kind of like when I was walking and I just kept thinking, it just keep going, just keep going. Cause my feet were hurting a lot, but you know, that's the name of the game. So I just kept trying to like numb that pain out and just think about the bigger picture at the end of it. Yeah. You came out of the runway. What next? Like, what was the feeling of like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with the runway. And now wait, if like, are they going to edit me out? Are they going to include me? Am I going to be yeah. part of this? But then, yeah, I Amazon. did think, yeah, I did think I was just like, I kind of went through a phase of like, oh God, I don't know if, if I'm going to make the cut, you know, like am I even, and I kept saying, if my, if, even if my finger makes the cut, I'll be happy. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I did it. I was a part of it. And I was like, I don't care what happens but to see the final product was, it was very amazing because I was like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. I made the cut. <laughs> So it was a good feeling. It was a blessing. And it was, it was such an amazing feeling. That's, it's very hard to explain, but you know, it was such a proud moment for me, for sure. Oh, and seriously, seeing you on that runway, it was a proud moment because I totally understand what you're going through. You think you're giving your hundred percent and it hurts when someone tells you that you care. It's like, yeah, actually you're giving me 80 yeah, <laughs> really sitting down with that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, like you said, you were at a standstill in your career. Yeah, you wanted to do everything, everything. But then because we're trying to do everything to make things work, get that paycheck, we kind of forget why we started this. Yes. And the goals and the places where we want to be. Yeah. So can we go deeper on you sitting down with yourself and write, like, did you write down? I did. Well, during that time when my agent had that talk Mm -hmm. with me, it was during COVID. It was during that pandemic wave Mm -hmm. where we were all hit with no jobs, no, no work. I literally was not working. Not a lot of people know this, but I actually started doing Postmates during that time because I was like, I'm not spending my savings. And I was like, I'm not going to spend the money I worked so hard for. I was so determined not to touch it. So I was like, I'm going to I don't care what people think. And so I did Postmates. Mm -hmm. And so I think I was distracted by trying to survive Mm -hmm. during that time. I have money, but I, when you don't come from money and you have money, you You protect it. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I always, I live like I'm broke. Like I Mm -hmm. pretend like, you know, no, like when people ask me for money, I'm like, like, no, like Mm -hmm. I, I, I just don't do it. And I always have that mindset. So like when COVID happened, not only did it humble me very much, but Mm -hmm. it kind of woke me up and made me realize that I'm not essential like I thought I was. So it kind of like stopped my passion and determination with modeling. I was more so in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of lost touch with that side of me, that Mm -hmm. creativity side, that determined side, that passionate side of my modeling because I was Mm -hmm. just in survival mode. And so... I did. I wrote it down. I prayed very, very hard about it. And I just kept thinking, what could I do to, to set myself apart from other people? And I knew it was doing things that people not necessarily could see 
but what they couldn't see. So like doing the postmate, like I was actually like working on my runway walk, like mm-hmm. on my, you know, during that time. And like, I didn't tell anybody that I wasn't posting about it. Cause I, I think a lot of people think that when you post about it, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I stay off social media and I just kind of like stopped looking at what other people were doing. I think that was a big part of my healing process, my under, trying to understand who I was. Cause I think a lot of times when we look on social media, we compare ourselves to other people because during that time, there were other models that were working during that time. And I remember I kept thinking, why not me? Yeah. And you know, why can't I get that? But I, I feel like when you start to do that, you need to, you know, separate yourself from those situations because it's, you should be happy for those people. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not, then you need to start digging deep within oh, yourself. God, and yeah. then why aren't you happy? It has nothing to do with them. So I would write it down, kind of like talk to myself and discuss with myself, like why I was not giving a hundred percent. And I realized it was because I was in survival mode during mm-hmm. that time. But I told myself, I have money. Mm-hmm. So don't be scared. And I was like, you know, help other people out during this time. So that's what I did. I focused on like doing things for other people to like lift them up and then also helping myself at the same time. Like I revamped my book, my mm-hmm. portfolio, because that was another fear that I have is I have a fear of doing test shoots because it, and I think a lot of models do when we're updating our portfolio, because it's a lot of pressure on us mm-hmm. to have to like put together, you know, our styling pieces and make it into this like amazing editorial that we have to, because it's essentially like our business cards that we have to yeah. present to companies and clients and say like, hey, this is what I can shoot like, you know, I can shoot at this kind of level. So revamping my book was a big part of it because I've always been kind of safe. Mm-hmm. I've never really fully like broke into it where I felt 100% complete with my portfolio. So like now I feel a hundred percent like my portfolio feels the strongest it's ever been and so that's basically what I did because you know with modeling there's only so much you could do it's not like you know an athlete where you can go like work out and train and you know but there is kind of like a, a thing that we could do as models to train ourselves mentally and spiritually, emotionally, and how we conduct ourselves. I remember just being so grateful for even the smallest little bookings during COVID. Yeah. Like, you know, I would be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't care. I just wanted to work. So just really just like grounding myself as a person, I think is what kind of changed. Cause I was on a, like on this high for a long mm-hmm. time in the modern career. And I think that COVID really humbled me to help me like ground myself and figure out what I really, really wanted to do. And I, I said, okay, is modeling what I want to do? And it still was what I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, and we're just going to focus on that. And I'm not going to worry about money or anything like that. And I know that's easy to say because I had a good savings, but Mm -hmm. I just let it go, you know, because I was so stressed out about it, but I just let it go and let it be basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we've been covering in the past episodes with AS, like it's okay to have a service job to make your dreams happen, but it's also important to recognize when we have a scarcity mindset, right? Because with that scarcity mindset, you are not giving your hundred percent into modeling, right? You're not investing in your portfolio, in your book to really break into and like show what you have and what you got to give. And when you really were working on your mindset and you went for it, like I imagine after lockdown, were these opportunities opening up for you with your new book, with this new investment of your modeling career and just going for it? Yeah, definitely. Like once COVID started to kind of like fizzle out mm-hmm. a little bit, I started, I actually have been working to, in my opinion, I've been working 
more now than I have ever and with more of a range of clients as mm. well like there's like before I only had probably like 10 clients that I would kind of rotate it but now it's like every week is different it's a new client it's a new company it's a new extended sizing you know of, some, of a brand you know it definitely like helped I remember I during COVID I also worked on my spirituality my faith mm-hmm. and everything very strongly I chose to choose that time to like really really focus on that and I think that helped a lot as well yeah. um, to just really like dig deep inside internally and just really break free of any bondages that I had any negativity I even stopped like <laughs> there was a time because we all do it you know I even stopped yeah. like thinking negative about people or having negative perceptions letting that go if I had any like negative bondages with somebody or anything yeah. like that I let those go and I would just like just try to think positive with everything and you know we're human it happens yeah, like it happens. You know, there's times where we like, if a person that we don't like, you know, but I remember thinking like, if that ever came up, if it was something, a person I didn't like, I would be like, no, no, I'm not going to engage in it. I'm not going to get in it because I just wanted to be like good all all the way around, like spiritually, emotionally. And and even in my mind, I wanted to just think positive about everybody. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. think you needed that foundation, right? To really, in order to give your 110% to modeling. And like you said, you yes modeling is about you know runway editorials but it's also about interacting with a lot of people from photographers stylists makeup artists designers like you really have to basically be in harmony with everyone in order to get the job done so i yes Yes. i understand it was good that you needed that time then to really like put that foundation say okay bianca stop letting that negative and Let's take a quick pause on today's conversation to share the wonderful news that our shop is finally open and we're offering helpful podcast launch worksheets to give you the structure that is stopping you from launching your podcast with confidence. This 16-page guide will help you map out your podcast goal, identify your target audience, break down the exact gear and software you need to finally get the podcast you've been brainstorming off the ground and into the world. Head on over to ages-media.com store and use the promo code AES podcast 20 to get your worksheets at $20. This offer ends on January 3rd. So hurry. Because I sometimes do that. You meet someone yeah. you have like this feeling like, mm, I don't mm. really trust them. But you're like, yes, no, get yeah. the job done. It's, yeah. not, it's yeah. not you. It's just do it. And Bianca, thank you for being so honest because, you know, a lot of people can say, yeah, I booked Savage Venti and it was amazing. It was like this, like you said, People post about the successes and the wins, achievements on social. Yeah. But we don't see, you know, all the trials, obstacles, yeah. the tears. Yeah. So I really, I am really grateful that you're sharing this with me. Yeah. And with my listeners, because it's not a walk in the park. And you've mentioned this growth, but are you right now looking back, reflecting, thinking, you know what? I can give my 200% now in this moment because I was able to reevaluate what I was doing. And I can reevaluate myself right now and do better. Are you in that yeah. moment or now? Oh, yeah. Like, I think that doing the Savage Show kind of like, it made me more determined and eager. Mm-hmm. I was like, why can't I do Versace? Why can't I do? Because mm-hmm. for a while, I was like, they were really 
only using like a range of plus size models, like about four girls that they kind of use in every show as far as like designers. And I was like, why can't I do that? Like, why isn't that a goal of yours? I've never written it down. I've never thought about it in my mind. And so like after doing Savage, like I just got this like, you know, just this excitement. And I was like, oh my God, I want to walk for this. I want to walk for that. Which is funny because like I said, for years, I was like, absolutely not. I will never be a runway model just because, you know, I didn't want to put myself in that situation. And Mm -hmm. I just fear, but no, like now my hunger, even as a model and a runway model, like I want to give a 200% more, you know, a thousand mm-hmm. percent. And I want to just keep going and going. And a lot of people don't know this, but I'm 32 years old. I'm 32 years old. And usually I remember thinking when I started modeling, I was about 21. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, when I'm around 30, I'm probably going to stop. Like, you know, nobody's going to want me anymore. But it's crazy because like a lot of people think I'm like in my early 20s or like mid 20s. And I'm like, that's fine with me, but you know, like, it's funny. Cause like older I get, like the more, like, I feel like my career has just started. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people think, Oh, I'm too old to do this or do that. But it's like, no, You're girl, not. I am 32. I am 32 years old doing all of these things. Yeah. So it's like, it's very possible. Yes. I did start when I was 21, but you know, unfortunately a lot of the companies and clients that I work for just barely started kind of doing plus size and like that whole thing so like I just so happen to be 32 and I'm doing all these things yeah you're right I definitely every designer that I've seen like they use the typical four plus size models I mean nothing wrong with that they're amazing that's why they book shows but you know it would be amazing to expand that repertoire of models and diversity and really go into it and, you know, you have 12, 12, 11, 12 years back in your career. So yeah. like it wasn't getting Savage wasn't Savage Fenty wasn't like an overnight accomplishment, like no. you put the years in. Right. Like, yeah. And like you said, it's never too late to, you know, start in your dreams. But you have to be conscious as well that and especially pl- for plus size for any listener who's like maybe in the early 20s, like I think because you paved the way and you're opening the doors, it'll be easier for them. To just yeah. like boom, not yeah. do those eleven years that yeah. got you to Savage Venti. So a question that I asked you in the previous episode was, what would you want for the next generation, this young generation of plus size models who look up to you, who are like, you know, I want to be where Bianca is, and mm-hmm. I want to do more. Like, what can you say to them that you wish they would have told you back when you were starting? I think to appreciate every opportunity that we get Mm -hmm. because a lot of times when the newer models come they have this perception that they're supposed to jump into these huge like campaigns and these Mm -hmm. huge runways and these just big huge opportunities and sometimes that does happen for newer models sometimes they get booked right away for the most amazing biggest client ever and that's amazing but I think a lot of times like they think that that's what they're supposed to be doing like right away and that's fine to have that mindset that you want great amazing things you want to strive for those goals but I think to also remember to appreciate the little things and I'm talking about like the clients that maybe don't pay as much or it's a little harder to do because to this day I still shoot with a company that pays me barely anything. And it's called Do Unrecognizable, where they mm-hmm. literally shoot from the nose, the nose down. So my face is not in it. And it's very hard. It's a very hard job to do. Probably one of my hardest clients to shoot for because it's more 
detailed, more, more critiqued, more, more clothes, more mm-hmm. racks of clothes to shoot. Cause it's kind of like, you're just going, 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 hours. shooting, shooting. Yeah. Hours of shooting about eight to 10 hours a day. So I still shoot that. And I like to still shoot it at times because I feel like it keeps me grounded. It keeps me humble. Mm -hmm. And I love shooting with those people. But I, like I said, I just think that my advice would be to just appreciate every little moment. Try not to complain because there's somebody out there dreaming and hoping and praying to get those, the little opportunity that you're complaining about, you know? So I think that that's important as young models coming in you know, or new models coming into this industry, you know, to just be humble, to be relaxed, to not put so much pressure on having to do everything. Cause I think a lot of models are obsessed with their careers. They're very like Instagram has a lot to do with it because they see everybody else, because what you don't know won't hurt you. You know, if you were off Mm -hmm. Instagram, you wouldn't know that this girl's booking this or this girl's booking that. And I think a lot of times like you become obsessed, like why, why not me? Why not me? And I think that if you work on yourself as a person to become a better person, to people and, and, and to others around you. And then it'll reflect on your work. In return, you'll re- start receiving those blessings and those, mm-hmm. those wishes, those dreams that you've prayed for because you were a truly a good person and that you respect people also like when I'm at my shoots because a lot of times like models I'm going to be very honest Mm -hmm. models like we could be very bitchy on set and very entitled and very like you work for me like I don't see it that way I feel like we all collectively work Mm -hmm. together we all have a job to do we all have a goal to reach together every person has a purpose there and I see everybody on the same level as me I don't see myself higher than anybody Mm -hmm. when I walk in I feel like we've all had our journey to get to that point to be there Mm -hmm. we all should respect each other and I think some models are they come in they think you know they Mm -hmm. feel very entitled and like I said you know just learning to respect others and just being truly happy because I feel like it's all going to come back to you. Yeah, It really is. So that's advice that I would give to, oh my gosh. Powerful. to other models. Thank I you. love that. Thank you, Bianca, because it's so true. You know, we are so focused on the end goal that when you finally reach it, you're like, okay, on to the next thing. You don't even have the time to bask in the opportunities that the other people behind you are crying and praying and wanting to be in your place. And you're like, on to the next, mm-hmm. right? You don't even bask yeah. it in. And yeah, every time I get confirmed for a job, I always think about the girls that got released from it mm-hmm. because I always feel I know what that feeling is like when you get released from a job. Mm-hmm. So I always say to myself, because I got confirmed for that job, then I say, Bianca, you better give it hundred percent and 10% because there was somebody out there that wanted that job so bad and they got released from it. And I said, so you better make it worth it that you mm-hmm. got this job, you know, so that, that this job doesn't go in vain, you know, that it's not a waste, you know? Mm-hmm. So I try to, every shoot that I get, I try to give them a hundred percent because I know that there's other girls out there that wanted this opportunity. So like, I want to make sure. And then like, especially with my agency too, I try to be a good representative of myself and my agency so that it opens other doors for the models in my agency. So they say, Hey, you know what? I like that agency. Mm-hmm. We want to book girls from the agency. So that, I think that's also important too for other models to you have to be a good representative of yourself and your agency because then they're going to say hey that agency is great we want to book girls from that agency only yeah and from Oxnard like yes there's there must Mm -hmm. be some you know amazing 
environment yeah. there that like all the models are amazing I totally understand that like and yeah. I love that you also mentioned about the journey of others you know as you know as we talk about the journey and we sometimes forget it's a collective journey you know others help you to get there and when you're working on the set taking that photo shoot I love that you acknowledge everyone took their own journey to get here yeah. they went through their hurdles too this shoot right here is a dream of theirs so yeah. respect them work in harmony and make mm-hmm. it work and I think that's so amazing I yeah we sometimes forget about that and I appreciate that you do take the time to just are professional and respectful yeah. I think that speaks volumes and Thank many you. people forget that and I also say that you know I know I'm not perfect there's been times where I've had bad days on set mm-hmm. and I remember I always try to reflect at the end of the day like was I really a good person today did, mm-hmm. did I was I grouchy today like you know I always try to reflect at the end of the day like did I give my all as a person a good person today mm-hmm. like did I really you know make somebody feel good today you know so I, I want to make it clear that it's not a perfect journey journey to like do that because it's hard some things yeah. we just like you know whether you have personal problems happening or you're just not in the mood but I just think as long as you try your hardest to be respectful then you know you can't go wrong yeah yeah and, you know with this energy that you have and you're holding you know you after even before Savage Under Armour Athena H&M like you are really opening you're putting your your face out there literally and you've mentioned Versace and Honestly, two years ago, you said you were going to rock the runway of Savage Fenty. I am hoping that by next year, you'll be in Versace. Yeah. Let us know. I know I know you're very, I understand the protective of where you want to go and where you want to be. But if you're open to it, can you share with me what is the next goal for Bianca? Well, I want to be in Times Square. That's something I've never accomplished. And I want to be in a storefront in my city, in Oxnard. That's something I've also never accomplished. I've always gotten storefronts in other cities, other countries, but I've never gotten one in Oxnard. So that is something that's very important to me. I think for getting a billboard in Times Square for a big company would be amazing. Also, you know, walking in a big fashion show, a magazine cover. Mm, Yeah. I'm getting like British Vogue has been very... Right? Yeah, that's been in my mind a lot lately. I don't know why. British Vogue, Vogue Mexico. I would like to be signed to another agency internationally because right now I'm only signed to one agency internationally. And then I have my LA and New York agency with natural models. But I would like to be signed with another international agency as well. And also, I just want to just keep going. I just, you know, I'm ready to start working with like J. Crew, Banana Republic. I just accomplished a goal and I shot with Gap um, recently. Thank you. And so like, that was a big, big, big one because I have been trying, I have been trying for years, 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 years. And I remember my, my poor agent, he would always have to send me the release, the release email, you know, and he'd be like, sorry, you know, you didn't get it this time. And I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. But finally I booked it. So that was very nice. And, you know, just keep striving for those clients. Cause for a while I was shooting a lot of e-com. Mm-hmm. And which is great, but I think I want to just keep striving for like the Zara, you know, mm-hmm. the, like I said, Banana Republic and Reformation. So those are goals of mine, like the classier mm-hmm. side of plus size modeling. You know, I, I want to get into that, doing lots of editorials and, you know, it doesn't matter what magazine, you know, just doing more editorial work. Cause I think for years I did lots of e-com. Yeah. I've always had like a few campaigns here and there, but I'm ready to just like really boom, just do it. I love 
love shooting athletic stuff. So like I've been shooting a lot with Nike and Under Armour. And then I just did Air Jordan shoot, which kind of partially came out. The rest of it's supposed to come out soon. You know, stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. that really, you know, resonates with me too, because I grew up playing basketball. So, you know, things like that is something that I want to do. Perfect. Lovely. And Carla Martinez, if you're listening to this, book Bianca because she's amazing. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, I can. I do see you in the UK in Vogue Mexico. Vogue Mexico is doing amazing things. It's really, it's like they're giving diversity, beautiful faces, amazing fashion styling, like makeup, hair. It's all on point. So I can definitely see you there. And thank you for sharing. I know this is important to you. You hold dear to your heart these goals of yours. So it means a lot that you're sharing it with me, with my listeners, because we are giving you the best energy right now. I always always have been proud of you from the moment we met in e-com job styling. And it was amazing because I loved your energy back then. I love your energy now. Thank you. And I'm proud of you, Bianca. I'm also proud of you. If anybody has not told you that, because I, I remember like, I'll like, you know, be on Instagram and I see your Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at all the interviews she's done since we, since we have interviewed. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was like looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's really like expanded so much. And I'm, I'm proud of you. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so if no one has told you that lately, but (laughs) I I, I needed that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good. And, you know, it's it's wonderful to have you back here because it means it's, we're coming in full circle. Yeah. I love that you've always been honest, that you're sharing your accomplishments, also sharing the trials you knew you went through and also the goals that you have for yourself in the future. And I hope to do part three soon because yes. once you have those things booked, once you have Vogue Mexico, yeah. Vogue UK and Versace, we need yeah. to have you back again. Hopefully yes. in person this time without I know. COVID. COVID, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, now to end this wonderful conversation, Bianca, I talked about in the last episode, what would you say to your younger self? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you now, what would you say to future Bianca once she's accomplished all of that and knowing that it's a journey and knowing that sometimes we're like distracted by the accomplishments, but to remember yeah. to in. Well, I think that about, <laughs> about 99% of things that we fear about never really happens, never comes true and, and never mm-hmm. really comes true. And I think a lot of times we live in fear of our future. We're always worried. Like I'm a worrier big time. Same. <laughs> and I've been working on that, especially during COVID. COVID is really just all around kind of woken me up because I realized for the first time in my life, I realized that I was not the only person going through the exact same thing. Yeah. There was thousands, millions of people going through the exact same problem I was going through and even worse to my situation. I was very blessed during this time, mm-hmm. but there was people going through pretty much the same thing I was going through. We mm-hmm. were all had COVID. We were getting sick. Our family members died or we lost jobs, income, you know, opportunities. And I realized that I cannot worry about the future. Mm-hmm. Like I literally can't. Like it's just because guess what? Next week something else crazy is gonna happen. Yeah. It's life. It's this crazy circle of life. And I think that, you know, telling my older self, I guess, to not worry so much because every year, every day is a new opportunity to work on yourself as a person, to work on your goals. And like either you're gonna get it or you're not gonna get it. It's not something that we need to dwell on. It's life. Life is eventually going to end for all of us at some point, unfortunately. And I think that instead of trying to worry about what next job I'm going to book or why didn't I get this job? Why didn't 
this opportunity happen for me, just say, okay, it didn't happen. Let's go for the next goal and just keep going, you know, and, and that eventually the things that we're worrying about, it's gonna, something good is going to come out of it. Just keep going. Even like when I get older, I'm probably going to have a new fear. You know, there's going to be yeah. a new fear. It's going to change every time. So you just got to keep going, really. Just live in your moment. Also to remember the things that you prayed for months ago. Because I remember thinking, I prayed to have this opportunity and I forgot about it while I was in the moment. Yeah. You know, and I always try to remember, oh my God, I prayed for this like five months ago, six months ago. And you have to remember while you're in the moment that you prayed for that and just mm-hmm. to really enjoy it and like remember that you prayed for this. And mm-hmm. it's okay to like, because sometimes I'm like, I'll get what I prayed for and then I'll be like, oh my God, like, what about this next opportunity? You know, so I just think that just releasing yourself from that fear and that stress is going to make you the most successful in life. Thank you. And I think this is a sign because lately, all of my guests have been telling me to just bask in the moment. They've been sharing that they need to bask in the moment. I think it's a sign for me to bask in the moment. Yes. In this opportunity that we have you and I talking right now and say, yes, you know, we sometimes do forget where we want to be that when we get it, it's like, oh, we're worrying about the next thing. And also I would add, you also have a new discovery about yourself. You learn something new about yourself learn something that you're good at, that you're passionate about. And I think in those moments of a pandemic, you realize that, but if it takes that, then it's the opportunity to learn. Yeah. Build that foundation that you did and just go after it. So Bianca, muchas gracias. Thank you. Thank you. For listeners who want to ask you things, maybe want to follow you, support you. Maybe they're going through their own things of wanting to break into the fashion industry in general where can they follow you where can they support you at bianca mitsuko b-i-a-n-c-a-m-i-t-s-u-k-o instagram is pretty much my main source of contact so they could find me there and message me it'll probably go to my message request but i always check my message requests and usually if i can't answer you know in depth i will Mm -hmm. my agency provided a beautiful well laid out tutorial on how to apply to agencies and what to do, what not to do. So I usually send them that link, like, because it's a pretty Mm self-explanatory in in the video. Like if I don't have time to like type it out, usually if I'm on set and I will try my best to get back to them, you know, as much as possible, because, you know, I know that I could have been in that. Luckily, I was lucky Mm -hmm. to get in the industry the way I did, but you know, some girls don't have the opportunity. So I do try to take my time to like respond to people and to give them the best advice that I can, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like a magic pill that you got to take. And then all of a sudden you're a model, there's kind of like levels to it, but you know, I'll try to give them the first steps that I know. And then, you know, it's it's their job to do it. And then if it's for them, it'll be for them. Right there. Muchas gracias. Thank you for that, Bianca. Thank you. This is an invitation, a sign, perhaps, that if you really want this, reach out to Bianca. She'll give you the link. She'll message you. She doesn't take the time. I mean, like two years ago, we got the amazing interview. Right now, we're having this conversation again. Really, Bianca, you are a joy. And you're always open to sharing your advice, your knowledge. And I'm just grateful for being part of that. And I just wish you the best success. And thank you. I'll have you. I'm saying it now. I'm going to have you back. So yes, we'll we'll do that. Muchas gracias. gracias. I'll see you in two weeks with another inspiring conversation with an empowering Latina who is breaking their way to open the doors for you and I for the next generation to make our dreams happen. Hasta luego. Bye-bye. Ellas is an Ellas Media production. Created, hosted, and executive produced by me, Brenda Hernandez-Jaimes. Our video conversations are edited by Javier Ortiz Ruiz. 
Our logo and podcast cover art was designed by Jennifer Cepeda. And thank you to Shiro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Street. You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, or follow him on Instagram. This is Aegis Media.